If we could have all the kids, fifth grade and down. Thank you, Brother Mike. Sitting as far away from your brother as you can, huh? All right, there's some girls. I was going to say, we had all guys tonight. What's up? We are, we're just a few days from Valentine's Day, right? All right yeah, just the 14th. And uh, tonight, our chapter, we're looking at the chapter on charity or love, all right? What do you think about when I say love? What does that, what's that mean to you? Huh? Gross, Gross. all right. <laughs> ah, your day will come, your day will come. When I say, what do you, yeah. Huh? Kevin loved the basketball player. All right, that's a, that's a guy answer for sure. <laughs> Ladies, what do you think of when you think of the word love? Anything? Oh, you guys are all... You don't like it. All right, yeah, Ben? Yeah, Jordan Love. Okay, we got all kinds of players with the name love here. Well, how many of you think love is an emotion? Yeah, well, it's somewhat of an emotion, right? There is a part of it that's emotion. What if I told you, though, it was more than that? It's a decision, and that decision, like I decide I'm going to love. And with that love, I'm going to have, there's going to be some actions that talk about that love. And that's what we're going to look at. In 1 Corinthians 13, where we are tonight, Paul lists 15 things about love. All right? Seven of them, something love does. And then there's eight of them that are things that this is not what love is. So sometimes we explain something by what it isn't at all. All right. So it's sort of like this puzzle. You guys, scoot back a little bit. All right? I'm going to let, I'm going to let Ben, you, want, you good at puzzles? All right, Ben and Graham are going to do this puzzle. All right, now with this puzzle, there are pieces that are this puzzle, and there are four pieces that are not this puzzle. All right, so as we talk about love, there's a little bit of what it is and what it isn't. So you guys, you guys see what? See if you guys can put that together. Hopefully, and it won't take the whole sermon. Right, <laughs> running a risk there. I think it's a 12-piece puzzle, so we're, we're good. Get the corners first, yeah. I can promise the corners are definitely part of this puzzle, all right? I didn't... Put them down in there. All right, let's put... Let me help you out here. Let me help you. There's a piece. All right. It's all right. You can help. Oh, I think that's good. Yeah, we got two of the corners. That one there. Oh, we got three corners. Oh, there's a corner. Oh, that's not. Yep. Go ahead. So here's one piece we know is not this puzzle. Right? Because we already got our four corners. 
Hmm. I wonder what it is. The suspense is killing everyone, right? Well, this one's got hearts, so it's got to be part of it, right? Maybe right there? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, it has to be there. All right. Ben's getting it there. Oh, good job. That's a good one. Mm, nope, that's not the right piece. Try it on that side. There you go. There we go. Hey. Oh, yep, I don't. All right, keep going, keep going. The suspense is killing us. A lot of eyeballs, yep. So what are what are those guys? They're owls. What are these guys? They're aliens, yeah. They're aliens, so they don't fit in there. So the aliens are not owls, right? Duh. All right, so the same thing we're going to see tonight is there are some things that love does, and there are a lot of things that love doesn't do. And that's what we're going to look at tonight. All right? Good job with the puzzle. You guys can have a seat. Give them a hand. Give them a hand. I wanted the puzzle with the least number of pieces uh, for that reason, right? We didn't want it to take all of our time, but they did a good job with that. All right. Open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. As I said... Uh, we find ourselves in this chapter on charity. Uh, another name for charity is love. How many of you had, had a reading from this chapter in your wedding? Anybody? All right, one, two, you want three? Anyone? This, one, this chapter is used quite a bit when, uh, when people get married, the, the chapter on love. Um, I don't want to bust your bubble. But the, if you take it in context, it really isn't about a wedding. Uh, it's, it's more we're going to see tonight. It's, uh, the, the Corinthians were, as we were discussing our last two times in this book, they were sort of acting like kids playing with new toys. Uh, they, these spiritual gifts that they were given, they were being used for themselves, for their own edification, not for the edification of the church. And the purpose of spiritual gifts is to build the church up, to, to build each other and to have the church grow, to fulfill the purposes of the church. And they were using it on themselves. So Paul was trying to show them, and, to, and really to us as well, that Christian maturity is looking at everything through the lens of charity or through the lens of love the love of God, and the love of others. As you grow in maturity in your Christian life, you will start to develop that. Um, a deeper love for the Lord, a deeper love for those around you in your church, a deeper love for the lost. And he's trying to point this out. In fact, if you were to look at Paul's three passages that he writes on the body of Christ, each time he does that, he emphasizes the need for love. And we'll see this tonight. Instead of love, though, the Corinthian church, uh, what have we seen? They're known for division. They're known for envy. 
confusion concerning tongues, as we talked about here recently. There was selfishness. There was sinful behavior that needed to be rooted out in the church, and they were unwilling to do that. Quite the opposite of what uh, Paul is trying to get across here. So Paul begins by explaining, first, the priority of charity. He says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. Now he goes even more extreme. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Now, Paul shares in these, these three verses here, he five different spiritual gifts, five different traits that they were quite proud of, and he tells them that without charity, without love, it was an exercise of little worth. Verse 1 uh, you may, he's basically, you might speak incredible things, the, the, the tongues of men and angels. You might speak of incredible things, but they're like sounding brass. They're like a tinkling cymbal. They're like a hollow drum. What, a hollow drum makes a lot louder noise than a, the drum that's been filled, right? It makes more noise, but it is empty. Everything God touches, or everything God's love touches, It's given value. God's love increases the value of something. When we minister, and I'd say we're all guilty of this at some point in our life, when we minister without love, we actually actually cheapen it, and we cheapen ourselves in doing that. We have to do these things with love. And that's what he's pointing out here. Wearsby says, love enriches all that it touches. So true. And Paul wasn't here, now understand, Paul wasn't pitting uh, spiritual gifts with love. He's not pitting them against each other. He was pointing out the purpose of the gifts using love. It wasn't spiritual gifts for their own sake, but with the love of God, this charity that the the gifts are of their, their uh, um, their deepest point. So what do we mean by charity in the first place? That's a, that's a word we don't use very often. Uh, or love, we do use that word. But we, as we know, the Greeks had several words for, for love. One was a sensual form of love. One was the, the family form of love. Or there was another, a brotherly or a friend type of love. But that's not what he's speaking of here. Throughout this, we see the word agape. That's the love that's used here. This is a self-sacrificing, a purposeful form of love. All through this chapter, he is speaking of this, a, a love that doesn't change based on the circumstances of the day, a love that, that doesn't change based on our emotions of the day, a love that, does, that gives without demanding, a love that's, even, that's given even when others are unloving or unappealing to want to give that love to, a love that given even when it is rejected. That's tough. This is a tough order that God asks for us here. A love that's given with no demands, no expectations for it to be returned. Guzik calls it sacrificial, giving, absorbing kind of love. And that's what we're looking at here. 
It has little to do with emotion. We live in a world of emotion where people are very fickle and day-to-day that changes. And this is not what this is speaking of. It is that self-denial for the sake of another. Do we have that kind of love? It's something that is formed through our decisions constantly. It has little to do with, as I said, these emotions. And this is the love that we're talking about here. And and Paul paints uh, an extreme picture as he goes to make this point. Verse 3 I think verse 1 and verse 2 probably took him back, and then he gets to verse 3, and this, you could burn. (laughs) You could be a martyr for your faith, and it profits nothing. What? How is that possible? I think of the Islamic jihadist who, who sacrifices himself as a suicide bomber with just hopes of an afterlife. There's no love there, for sure. And yet he was a martyr for his faith. There was no love, it was all duty and self. But let's look at this as Christians, not some extreme there. Look at the Christian that's doing everything for the crown that they might earn with no love for those in which they're ministering to. Ouch. They're doing things for that notch on the belt that I accomplished this and there's no love behind it. That's what he's talking about here. Notice, as I said here, that all of the things he, he listed, they're good things. All those, you know, all those characteristics that he's, those gifts that those have, they're good things. But he's pointing out charity is best. This will be the theme throughout this chapter. He ends with this as well in verse 13. Charity is best. And we must be very careful, and you've heard sermon after sermon on this, we, may, we must never sacrifice what is best for what is good. Good is great. We hope that that still remains. But we must not sacrifice best in pursuit of those good things. Best is what he tells us here is charity. So Paul paints this picture of the priority of charity. But now he gives us what I it was somewhat of a laundry list of things of what charity is and is not, as we, as we talked about with the kids here. And we're going to spend a lot of time here tonight, all right? I know it's a list of things, but I think it's important that we point these out. What are these characteristics of charity? What are these characteristics that we should have the love that we have in our life? And we're going to look at the properties of charity. Let's start in verse 4. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Just four simple verses there. But it's filled with 15 different properties or characteristics of charity. And note in this this description of what our love should be. None of that was emotion, was it? None of that was that warm, tingly little feeling that that we get when when I see Leanne. None of of that. That's not what it's talking about. It's the decision to to love her and and the characteristics that come with that. All of this is demonstrated in our actions and in our thoughts. So let's go through these, shall we? The first one, love or charity, suffers long. 
What's that? What's the term for that? Switch it around. Long-suffering, right? Our charity, our love should be long-suffering. 2 Peter 3.9 tells us the Lord is this way. We know this throughout Scripture. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering. To whom? To usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Are you long-suffering? Or are you a person that looks to avenge yourself right away? I have my rights. You're not going to treat me that way. I'm going to do this. I'm going to respond. That is not long-suffering. That is not what the Lord would have us to be. We're to, be, we're to suffer long or to have long-suffering. And with that, we're to be kind instead. This is instead of retaliating, we express love, kindness, not harshness. Uh, it should not be part of our demeanor and how we treat others around us. Ask yourself this question, and I'm asking myself, do people have to walk around, walk on eggshells when they're around me? Are, are, are you always close to blowing up <laughs> on, on those around you? That is not kind. That is not how we're to be. There's a kindness that exudes from us and, and who we are. And now Paul finishes after these two properties uh, on charity. Now he gives us a list of eight properties that it isn't. Sometimes it's easier to, uh, a way to explain something by telling what it is. What's that taste like? Well, it's not bad. <laughs> Uh, it's not sour, okay, so I'm starting to understand what it is not. That helps me to understand what it is, all right? So that, that's what, what we see Paul doing here. And the first thing he says, each of these are a not or a no. The first one is not envious. Charity is not envious. Now, this isn't, uh, this isn't a boyfriend or a girlfriend uh, jealousy. That's not what it's talking about here with envy. Charity is happy when other people are blessed. It's okay that someone else is blessed when you weren't blessed in that situation uh, or that they got a promotion or some addition occurs even though you weren't given the same opportunity. You're okay with that. You're not envious of that. And it's okay for others to get ahead in life even though that's not where you are. You're happy for them, okay? Envy is a dangerous thing. We know this. Throughout the Word of God, from the very first pages of the Bible, Cain killed Abel out of envy. Joseph had brothers that put him in a pit and sold him into slavery out of envy. Envy is a horrible thing. It is not part of love at all. We, we see Paul, he's tortured on the missionary journeys as Brother Rick has been speaking through on Wednesday nights because the Jewish leaders were envious of him and the people that were following the message of salvation that he was preaching. 
In fact, Matthew 27, 18, from the words of Pilate about Jesus Christ, for he knew that for envy they had delivered him. Jesus Christ was sent to the cross because of the envy of the Jewish leaders of the time. Envy is not love. It is quite the opposite of that. And we must ask ourselves, are, are, are we a person that always is finding fault in others and, and what they do? Envy is the root of that. Uh, do you always have to tear down others to make yourself feel okay? That's envy. Is it impossible to please you? Charity is not envious. It's quite the opposite. Then we get to the fourth one, the second of the knots. It is not vaunting. Now, that's a word we use all the time, right? I used that in a sentence just yesterday. No, I, we don't use that word. This is a word that deals with our pride. Charity doesn't care who gets the credit. It's not, vaunting is, look at me, look at me, look at me, all right? Look what I did, all right? It has to, everyone has to know that I was the one that did this. This is, look at what I did. And the Lord tells us, you know, not here to be, vaunt, not to be vaunting in this. And he also tells us, when we do that, you have your reward, if you have to know, if everyone has to know, well, you already have your reward and we'll, we'll move on from there. So we see here it's not vaunting. And then he adds to that another issue with pride, it's not puffed up. Puffed up is on the opposite side of this, but still, still dealing with pride. And this is a, an arrogance. Look who I am. Look what I've been able to do. Well, wonderful. Good job. Good job. That, that's not love. Um, there's, there's a wonderful thing of having confidence, but there's that fine line, isn't there, with pride. And when you become puffed up, it is the opposite, and you are focusing on yourself versus focusing on others, and that's what charity does, is it's focusing on others, and it is helping to lift them up. So it's not vaunting, it's not puffed up, and then it's not unseemly. Now this has probably always been around, I know it has, but it seems to be trickling into the church even more. An unseemly person is someone that is rude or possibly even crude in how they treat other people. Standing for truth in the Word of God does not require us to be unkind or crass or rude. It requires us to love others. It requires us to tell truth in love, all right? We're to treat people properly. Right? We're supposed to love them as, as we would love ourselves. We don't like to be treated that way. That does not mean we don't point out truth. This is a church that believes and holds to the Word of God, but we are not supposed to be unseemly. Charity is not unseemly. Moving on with that. Not self-seeking. Not self-seeking. This somewhat goes with vaunting here. Romans 12.10 says, Be kindly affectioned one to another, with brotherly love. In honor, doing what? Preferring one another. Paul says it again in Philippians when he's talking to them. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Charity cares for others. Do you find yourself always seeking what will make me happy? What will give me comfort? 
Is that not the, just the, the calling card of our society today? What's going to make me happy? Well, you should definitely do it. You earned it, right? Half the commercials are telling us that. That's not charity. And I can tell you this from the Word of God, it will not give you fulfillment. Fulfillment comes when we follow God's plan and we love others. It will be tiring. It will take from our lives, but it adds so much more to our life. It gives us depth. It gives us fulfillment in what God would have us to do. So where a person is not self-seeking in their, if they have charity. The eighth one, it says they're not provoked. This goes along with long-suffering. If you minister for any amount of time, someone will try to provoke you. True? Sure, without a doubt. If you are a parent for five minutes, someone will try to provoke you. All right? It's just part of it. You, either your own will, yourself, will try to be provoked, or someone else will try to provoke you. And charity shows patience and shows love. I love to watch our Awana leaders as I go back there, and I, I see kids that are just bouncing off the walls sometimes, and, and you, you see our children's church workers and our Sunday school teachers, that, and you know there's a lot of kids trying to provoke. They don't do it on purpose all the time. Sometimes they do. And what do we do? Are we going to lose it, or are we going to show patience and love? Uh, as we've been reading the book of Exodus and Numbers, uh, Leviticus and Numbers there, we see Moses, meek Moses. God calls him that. He's this meek man. And all through that, people are picking and picking and picking and trying to provoke him over and over again. And he stands firm. And typically, it's the other way. He shows so much love that he is crying out to the Lord on their behalf. When God wants to just... He's like, please God, please God, please God. And then, Jacob and I were recording. We're two weeks ahead in our recording on this. We get to Numbers chapter 20, and it just breaks my heart. We see him... He's finally provoked to a point, and he strikes that rock when he was told just to speak to that rock. It seems like a, such a small thing, but he's, he takes the, the glory of God there, which it should have gone to, to the Lord, and he loses the promised land because of that. He was provoked, and his charity did not shine through in that moment. And it makes you wonder what what have we done sometimes in our life when we allow ourselves to be provoked? Next it says, not evil thinking or no evil thinking here. What's that mean? Well, charity doesn't make lists of wrongs. I don't know how many times I've had over the years where someone has come in and they, they come in with a list. Whoa. That's... That's not charity. When we're, when we're keeping a log of everything someone has done to us over time, you're storing away things. That's not charity. That, that's not love. I'm not saying that people haven't wronged us and we, don't have to, we shouldn't take care of some things. That's not what I'm speaking of here. But when 
We need to put things away. Charity doesn't, um, doesn't look and have bad intentions on other people's actions. That's evil thinking of them. And it goes right with the next one, not rejoicing in iniquity. We don't rejoice when sin comes into the life of someone. We'll go back to Moses. You know, There would have been no rejoicing that, ha, he finally got it. Or that person, oh, they finally got their comeuppance. No, we're not rejoicing in iniquity. We want the best for others. Rather, the next one, we rejoice in truth, not in iniquity. Man, that's tough sometimes, isn't it? That person that's always been that thorn in your flesh, uh, that, you know, poking and poking and poking, and they, you know, finally something happens in their life, and you're, you're fighting that back. I don't want to be happy that this happened because I'm not going to rejoice in this iniquity that comes in, in their life. The rejoice in truth instead. And we come to the last four. And these last four, Spurgeon, uh, he calls love's four sweet companions is what he calls these. They all have this same, this same uh, feel to them. And his quote, he says, love does not ask to have an easy life of it. Self-love makes that her aim. Love denies herself, sacrifices herself, that she may win victories for God, and hers shall be no tinsel crown. This is the love that we're speaking of. And we see these last four, bears all, believes all, hopes all, endures all. It bears all. Not some, all. Wow. That's a pretty high standard, is it not? It bears all. How much are you willing to cover for the sake of love? Bearing that. Knowing that you're going to have to carry that around. 1 Peter 4.8, uh, Peter says, And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. For why? Charity shall cover the multitude of sins. It's okay not to point out other people's problems, and failures. We can help our brothers and sisters. We should. But it is not our job to be fruit inspectors. We're going to bear those things. It's not going around and pointing them out and gossiping about them. Rather, we're, we're to be, I love this example of, of a clam. You know a clam that, or an oyster there that, that um, gets one speck of sand inside? And it stays there. They, they, once that sand gets in there, they, they clam up, all right? They're stuck in there. And it covers, and it covers, and it covers that piece of sand until eventually it is a beautiful pearl. We're not supposed to be the one ripping that open and trying to get everything out, but covering that and covering that to eventually it can be used, that love toward that person can be used for their betterment to create something beautiful like we see with the oyster with the pearl. Bears all. Next we see believes all. Charity is the thing, is the, the part uh, that gives the benefit of the doubt. You always believe the worst? Well, I can definitely believe that about that guy. You know, that's not it. We're supposed, to, we're supposed to have this love choosing to think the best of others. I know they failed you time and time and time again. 
I'm not saying that we're supposed to be walked all over. That's not the point of this. But we should have charity, love toward them, and believe for the best of them. Which leads then the hopes, uh, hopes all. Hope for the best. Not a pessimist. Not of this, is, uh, yes, it's always going to be the worst. No, no, no. Hope all. Charity has this hope in others. And ending with this last one, endures all. This is last, I believe, for a reason. When you're looking at love, this is the hardest one. Because this is the one that personally hits you. Others are decisions that you make, some actions that you do, but this one personally hits you. This is where you take the hits. You're enduring this. You're enduring loss because of this. One author said when we, when we can do it, it this can, if we do it properly and take those hits, this turns an enemy into a friend. This takes that problem and turns it into the pearl. Nothing, though, shows, uh, shows that we are Christians more than enduring all. Because that's what our Lord and Savior did. This is the example that He set. And as we look at this, I mean, what an explanation of charity Paul gives us here. And let me try to make this even clearer. That's an arrogant statement. I don't mean it that way. But, but let me make this even clearer for you. Go back and let's read this list again. But now every time we see the word charity, let's use the word Jesus. Jesus suffereth long. Jesus is kind. Jesus envieth not. Jesus vaunteth not himself. Jesus is not puffed up. Doth not behave himself unseemly. He seeketh not his own. Jesus is not easily provoked, and he thinketh no evil. He rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth. Jesus bared all things, he believed all things, he hoped all things, and he definitely endured all things. This is the example that Jesus Christ has given us. And we see this is what he would have us to be. This is how he would have us to, to love. And if we, we go... If we were to go to Paul's letter uh, to the, the Galatians, he then lists the fruit of the Spirit in chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, and you will find that each portion of that fruit we see revealed in charity. This list that we just saw here. We see that, that when we have the fruit of the Spirit, we are clearly expressing the charity that God would have us to be. And Paul ends this chapter showing then the preeminence of charity. But we're not going to look at that tonight. We'll look at that next time. I ask you the question as we, as we end tonight. How do you love? How do you love? That's a pretty high standard that Paul has set for us, hasn't he? Are there some areas that we've mentioned here that might have rung a bell in your mind and in your heart that you need to seek the Lord's help in? There definitely are some in mine. We need to review that in our, in our heart and mind and allow that charity, that true love to come forth to be that example of Jesus Christ. And it is the, the only way this happens is if we are growing in our walk with the Lord and allowing then the Holy Spirit to create that love in us. This is not a natural love. This only comes about by being in connection with our Heavenly Father. 
being in His Word and allowing the Holy Spirit to trickle over our life, to illuminate His Word and allow us to understand what we need to be in our life. That is love. What will we do with that? Let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, I I thank You tonight for Your Word as we look at chapter 13. This example of love that Paul gives us, the many attributes of it, and that we would look at our own life as the Holy Spirit speaks to us, if there's some areas that we need to change to to grow in in our life, that we would reach out to you, that we would, um, as you burden that area of our life, that we would respond and not just shake our head and move on, but we would actually respond to your word. Be with us as Christians here today, dear Heavenly Father, that we would be that witness for you, showing that love. Dear Heavenly Father, if there are any that are lost here tonight, that they would first come to know Christ as their Savior, to experience the love that you've given them by dying on, sending your Son to die on the cross for their sin, and by believing in Him that they would have eternal life. Be with us now in Jesus' name. Amen.